Welcome back to another episode of Trip Report. For today's episode, while I'm still waiting to track down some more guests, I figured I'd go ahead and share my most recent ayahuasca experience that took place just a few weeks ago. A couple of the ayahuasca facilitators that I sit with, they hold their own psilocybin ceremonies as well. Although I haven't had the chance to participate in one yet myself, I follow them on social media and I'll occasionally see the group photos that they post following the gatherings. A few months ago, I saw that AJ flew out to join them. He's that guest facilitator I had mentioned on previous podcasts that absolutely stole the show on that Joshua Tree ceremony that I sat at previously. I commented on their photo that I had serious FOMO that I missed that gathering with him being in town. I saw the little notification that Malia had liked my comment, but that was that. Last month, she reached out and said, I just wanted to give you a heads up. AJ is most likely coming out for ayahuasca at the end of March. I thanked her for that heads up and I shot him a message to verify. He said that he was in, so I went ahead and reserved my spot and honestly, I couldn't wait. I'm parting ways with Southern California soon and I was really hoping to sit with the whole crew one more time before leaving, but I wasn't sure if the time or the funds would permit. Considering how this all played out, I knew it was the right time to get up there and go again. I heard from Tiger Mama, the mastermind who runs the show, and unfortunately, the terrible snow that we've seen in the mountains out here caused severe damage to their beautiful retreat center that was up in Palomar Mountain. So instead, the ceremony would be held at an Airbnb near Joshua Tree. A few weeks later, the location was put out, and to my surprise, it was that same gorgeous house that we had sat at previously. I mentioned in that podcast I did about that previous Joshua Tree experience that that weekend was the one where I seemed to learn the least, and I felt as if I was just there to hold space for those who had joined me rather than to dive in deep myself. I guess this was redemption time. The drive on Friday felt like it took forever. There were several pockets of standstill traffic, which probably tacked on an extra half hour or so to the drive. That being said, it was absolutely gorgeous. We've had the record-setting rains in Southern California this year, which, although annoying, have made this place greener than I've seen it in the past 19 years. All of the mountains in the distance, which are typically a dull brown, were the brightest green, and there were wildflowers everywhere. And then the mountains beyond those were still bright white snow-capped, so just unbelievable views. And then just you know vivid blue skies to match with puffy white clouds everywhere, which I felt was definitely a good omen for the weekend ahead. I arrived about 30 minutes before check-in time, and most of the others were already there. As usual, a heartfelt greeting and the biggest hug from Tiger Mama and the rest of the gang. I've heard the term medicine family used on occasion, and I think it's very fitting because these people at this point truly feel like family. I met some of the other participants, nobody who I'd sat with previously, but all amazing people from all walks of life. I could tell we were going to have a solid experience this weekend. There were approximately 18 people total, which is a big crew, arguably too big for the room that we were sitting in, but they always make it work. We sat at 545 to take the pre-dose. It was a very small amount, maybe a quarter ounce. This was the first time they offered chasers with the ayahuasca. Tiger Mama said it was something that she had learned about in Brazil recently and that it helps people to keep the medicine down. There were small chunks of apple or candied ginger to choose from. I declined as I've never had an issue keeping it down before. Surprisingly, the flavor didn't make me gag or shudder this time. It was a new batch, but the flavor was definitely the same. 
We went through the ground rules for the six newbies and drank the actual Aya around 6.30. She gave me about a half a cup, which was the standard dose for everyone else. Again, declining a chaser, there was no shudder or gag from the full brew. Then we were on to the 15-minute silent meditation. On this one, honestly, I didn't really set much of an intention. I wrote in my journal what Isaac had said on the ketamine episode previously about the advice he had gotten from his shaman in Peru. He said, it has a beginning and it has an end. Relax, trust, let go, take deep breaths. Don't try to rationalize too much. Just be a witness to what you're feeling and experiencing. It's sound advice. So the intention was to just relax, surrender, and learn. As usual, nothing from the first cup. I was bummed, but I'm pretty used to it by now. The others began purging, crying, laughing, etc. pretty quickly. The music began with the basic introductory stuff, so some drums, chimes, hand pans, etc. And honestly, I was kind of bored with it. A few hours had passed, and she finally offered the second cup. I made sure I was first in line. I explained that I wasn't feeling anything yet, and she gave me another half cup. I returned to my mat, and finally the acoustic guitar song started popping off. Danny and AJ are masters at guitar. It's so impressive how light they can hit the strings and how well they can adjust the volume of the music. It just really takes it to another level. Some mild visuals started coming in, and as I wandered my way through the DMT realm, at some point I thought some of these visuals could definitely be perceived as nefarious or scary to other people, but I thought they're still so colorful and beautiful. I continued to wander through that realm, and I was reminded again, as with most journeys, that this is the realm of the infinite where our souls commune together until it's time to become a life form again. The thought came that when we die, it's such a peaceful and easy transition to the other side. All of the pain that we experience resides within this body, and when we die, it just all goes away as we float off, surrounded by the comforting love to the other side. The soul most certainly goes on, there's no question about that, but we do leave behind what this lifetime was, and that can definitely be a bummer. But that thought process really solidified the concept that life is too short, time flies by so quickly, and it's very important just to truly embrace every moment we get on this earth. I then thought about Morgan's uncle who had recently passed. There didn't seem to be much distress about his passing. He was estranged from his children, it didn't seem to hit his wife very hard, and it didn't seem like they were even planning any sort of funeral or memorial for his passing. I thought it was pretty sad at first, but then I remembered back to several of the thinking I had died difficult trip scenarios, and I remembered I was more worried about my loved ones having to mourn my loss than I was about the actual transition myself. So I had to think, maybe he went in the perfect way. That thought process began to fade as I moved into the next one. As I sat there with my arms resting on my knees, I saw my fists, my elbows, my knees, and the realization came over to me about the huge transition that has occurred over the past few decades. In my late teens, early 20s, as a Marine, I trained this vessel, these fists, elbows, and knees to be a weapon with the intention of harming others. Something that I never identified with, but the program was installed on the hard drive nonetheless. As I navigate my late 30s, I've trained these same fists, elbows, and knees to provide comfort to others with massage therapy, and that resonates so much more than that military bullshit ever did. 
The visuals continued to be pretty mild, but the music was amazing. AJ absolutely killed it. He brought his girlfriend along for her first journey, and toward the end of the ceremony on that night one, he handed her the guitar and she just crushed it as well. No one would have ever guessed that she hadn't been doing it for years. Both of the songs that she played were ones that she had written for friends for their weddings, so they were just super fitting to the vibe. I always think of Morgan in ceremony, but especially after our recent engagement, it was extra fitting, and I really wish she could have been there in that room with me to witness that magic. Although it was a super chill experience mentally, the performance was something that I'm very grateful to be a part of. By the time Tiger Mama started telling everyone to sip water and start getting ready to land the ship, I was already stone sober. I processed this batch very quickly. No purging of any kind other than maybe a few yawns. A few more songs were played and finally the ceremony was brought to an end. She usually warns people about eating post-ceremony, saying that fruit, especially with the sugars, can bring the journey back on. I typically fast all weekend when I drink ayahuasca, but I thought if I can score a bonus, I'm in. So I headed to the car, ate a couple figs, and crossed my fingers. I threw my headphones on, and music didn't sound even the least bit enhanced, so I just called it a night. I slept well, woke up in the brisk 32 degree weather, and hopped in the lovely 104 degree hot tub that was at the Airbnb. The share circle kicked off at 9. As usual, it became apparent why the room was so loud with purging and crying as people shared the gnarly stuff that they had unpacked the night before. I spent the next few hours getting to know some of the other participants a little better and catching up with the facilitators. I really wanted to go hike Joshua Tree since we were so close to the park, but I didn't want to be antisocial. I had mentioned it to AJ and he said they were kicking around the idea of going as well, so we just hopped in and carpooled over. As usual, Joshua Tree never disappoints. If you've never been, slide it to the top of your bucket list. It was good to get to know all of the facilitators a little bit better. We saw some killer views, got some good rock climbing in, and we bailed around four to get ready for night two. We pre-dosed at six. I noticed a little bit more in my cup this evening. We took a short break and we were back for the full brew at 6.30. I got about three quarters of a cup on night two. She handed it to me and said, buckle up. We both laughed and we were off. On night two, we started with some breath work and then rolled into the silent meditation. And finally the music started. Again with the drums and some more chill stuff, but my visions were already starting. I couldn't get comfortable sitting, so I decided to lie in a prone position on my mat. As soon as I got comfortable in that position, Danny started playing the first acoustic song. Immediately, my whole body began to tremor uncontrollably. Especially when I would yawn and exhale, I could hear my breath vibrate from the shaking. I knew my body was releasing something. I started to try to pinpoint exactly what it was and noticed my mind wandering and not focusing on the present. I realized at this point that AJ had already started his next song, and I thought, I'm here to listen to this, yet I'm letting my ego block it out. So screw that, just enjoy the music. Which I did, but the tremors were still going. I was reminded again of that thought the night before about the programming my body as a weapon, and it almost felt as if I could see that program installed in my subconscious. I just thought, nope, I don't need that anymore. And sure enough, the vision of that program began to fade away. And as soon as it was gone, the tremors ceased, and with pure comfort, I just felt like I melted into the mat. The music on night two was indescribable. 
I was talking to AJ and Malia in the car on the way back from Joshua Tree about how impressive it was to watch somebody perform while under the influence of ayahuasca. I explained that it's as if you can see the music channeling from the other side into this reality through them as vessels. And they both agreed that that's exactly what happens. Sure, they both know how to sing and play instruments, but they said that when the Aya kicks in, their voices amplify and their skill sets improve in some way that they cannot explain. It's unbelievable to witness. I don't doubt that a lot of people get great healing venturing into the jungles of Peru and listening to traditional shamans sing Icaros, but I wish everyone on this planet could have the chance to sit with this group of amazing humans and hear the magic that comes through their voices and those instruments. Seriously, no words for that evening. I sat there and thought to myself, when I'm on my deathbed, even if it's a hundred years from now with so much life left to live, this evening has solidified itself as one of the greatest moments I've experienced in my time on this earth. The second cup was offered and I was in a good space. I didn't necessarily want to go any deeper, but I wanted the moment to last. So I went up for another half a dose, which is perfect. I had a little more tremoring in my legs that dissipated over time, and I had the typical jaw unlatching yawns, so my body was still clearing some stuff, but that additional dose just kept the ball rolling, and I sat there taking in the show. Everyone was vibing so strong with the performance that it probably went on an hour longer than it did the night before. By this time, rather than one guardian at a time playing their own individual song, it was a full-blown jam session with everybody jumping on different instruments and vocals next level. I believe she started telling people to sip water around midnight with the ceremony officially ending around 1230. There was a short intermission, but it was clear that the jamming was going to continue. I had pre-recorded a self-hypnosis session that I really wanted to try while I was still under the influence, so I cruised out to the car, threw headphones on, and went super deep. It was very bizarre to hear my own voice while I was tuned in like that. So, knock that out. And then from there, I listened to some of the new additions to my personal ceremony playlist, which were solid, but something told me I needed to get back into the house for more of that show. I rolled in, grabbed some fruit as I was definitely still under the influence, but hoping to squeeze some more extension out of it. And as I sat back down on the mat, I heard AJ messing with some instrument they hadn't used in the ceremony previously. It sounded a lot like an accordion. It threw me for a loop since it was such a different sound than we'd heard all night. After a few pumps where he was trying to find the beat, AJ dove into what was arguably the best performance of the night. I was so glad something pulled me back into that house to catch that one. A few more songs were played and things started winding down. I seemed to be sobering up by that point and getting tired, so I hit the hay probably around 2, 2.30. Even with minimal sleep, I woke up at 6.30 feeling completely energized. My mind, body, and spirit got exactly what they needed that weekend. The share circle was at 8 a.m. It seemed as if all of the others who were like me that had an underwhelming experience on night one got exactly what they were hoping for on night two. We all packed up our cars, said our farewells, and hit the road around 10.30. On my drive home, I went back to my very first ceremony playlist that I created a few years back because I was still feeling those vibes. I almost felt like I was back in a ceremony again, just super lighthearted, really digging every single track that's on there. Oddly enough, as I drove down the freeway, I passed three Marine Corps billboards on the side of the road. They all had some cheesy photo with an equally cheesy slogan. 
But the last one that really hit me read, find your purpose. I thought back to that message that came up to me over the past two nights about that disgusting program installed in my vessel trying to convince me that this amazing body was meant to be used as a weapon. Find your purpose? If you feel your purpose in life is to cause pain to other people because they have a different colored skin, speak a different language, live on a different patch of land, or simply because your government tells you to, then you need ayahuasca. As always, thank you so much for listening. Love you guys.